0: Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. We're going to own Peter Audra. Hey, leave no f- out on this field. We own this f-. Let's represent dog. Yeah. They got to agree in that f- today. They got to agree in that f- today. Baker Mayfield's journey in the NFL continues in Hollywood. Quarterback has been claimed off of waivers by the Los Angeles Rams just one day after being released. Car, going to go for it all. To the end zone. Caught in the end. zone. I can see the belief that you have in one another, and you can see it on the football field. There's a lot of football ahead. Um, you know, we've we've got five more games left, and uh, a lot of football. Garoppolo in trouble, and he is set. Jimmy Garoppolo carted back into the locker room with a left ankle injury. Brock at quarterback. With that, Brock Purdy at quarterback. Purdy looks to throw. You check. Touchdown, San Francisco. Rocky stepped it up. He came in. Lofty deep again. Brown is wide open, and he catches. He's gonna walk in backwards. AJ, aren't you glad you play in Philadelphia? <laughs> John Robinson is out. The man on the left, as general manager of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we gotta we gotta find ways to, you know, score touchdowns. This game's about touchdowns and. And you know, definitely winning as it happens, losing can be one too if you let it. Underneath and touchdown Rashad White! Hey. That's the way you freaking finish man, that's the way you, you shall You should feel great about this win, they're hard to get aren't they? Anytime you get to 10 wins in this league you give it up for yourselves, you give it up for what you guys have earned. Crazy to believe that we're already in week 14. Brock Purdy is now the 49ers quarterback. How far can he lead the Niners into the postseason? The New York Giants and their playoff hopes might be in danger if you look ahead at their upcoming schedule. Are they a guaranteed lock to make the playoffs? And a former New York Giant, Odo Beckham Jr. is getting interest from his former team, the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, amongst many other teams. Which team will he eventually play for? All of that plus week 14 picks on a brand new episode of Time 2 Football. Glad you guys are joining us. My name is Hassan Khan, your wonderful host of this channel that we like to call Time to Football. If you guys are new with us, I encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button because we come out with these podcasts every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We kind of treat it like a pregame show prior to Thursday Night Football on Booty Ass Prime. Oh, wow. Prime Video is really, really bad. Uh It's the music, it's the presentation, uh, but that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing for me, and I've been on this channel about this probably 6, 70, 80 times, Kirk Herbstreit. Hey, Kirk, stop talking about college football. It's an NFL broadcast. I don't know what Amazon was thinking, bringing in Kirk Herbstreit to cover the NFL. He's a college football guy, made a living college football broadcasting, and he's great at it, great communication skills, but for the NFL, not the best. Maybe they were thinking, maybe we can bring in the 45-year-old, 50-year-old Southerners to finally watch NFL football. Nah, it's just not working. Patriots and Bills, last week. Oh, you know, Mac Jones, uh, he had the guts to stay as a backup behind two Tukavailoa at Alabama. No, 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 no. Shh. Hey, the Raiders and the Rams play tonight. You know that Josh Jacobs was homeless in Alabama. No, 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 shh. How about the college football playoffs with the top four TCU and Georgia? No, 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 no. The NFL. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the NFL. I don't know what they were thinking, but you guys can give me a follow as well. If you want to chat with me, uh, during Thursday night football, kind of pass the time, uh, at It's Asan Khan on Twitter. I love to interact with you guys. I had so much fun during Thursday night football, uh, during Sunday all day, Monday night football, chatting with you guys. Uh, So hit me up. Uh, Let's talk about Brock Purdy a little bit more. So Jim Garoppolo suffers an injury, likely having him out for the remainder of the season. There's an outside chance that he can't come back for the postseason, but more than likely, Brock Purdy will be the 49ers quarterback for the remainder of the season. Now, who exactly is... Brock Purdy. I've talked about Sam Ellinger when he started, talked about Mike White, kind of told their stories, where they came from. Let's take a moment to talk about Brock Purdy and his journey. He was a high school quarterback in Arizona. He didn't start until his sophomore year where he was good enough to start for the varsity football team. He compiled a 27-13 and 13 record overall in his high school career at Perry High School. He eventually got an offer from Iowa State where he committed as a three-star prospect. At Iowa State, he was the third-string quarterback as a freshman. And because of an injury, because of players not performing well, he was eventually elevated to be the starting quarterback. Keep that in mind. His first year in college, he was a third-string quarterback and eventually started. His first year in the NFL, third-string quarterback eventually started. Brock Purdy has some experience in this department. He compiled 81 touchdowns to 33 interceptions, over 12,000 yards passing. He finally declared for the NFL draft, but he fell all the way to the seventh round, number 262, where he was picked in the very last selection by the San Francisco 49ers who decided, let's just take a shot. Let's pick Brock Purdy as a 2022 Mr. Mr. Irrelevant. So the training camp happens, and all the way through August, Brock Purdy eventually performs so well that he wins the third-string quarterback job. He beat out Nate Sudfeld for that position. So you have Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy. He made a couple of appearances here and there. Trey Lance got hurt, so he was elevated to the second string. Jimmy Garoppolo in a blowout loss relieved him to the Kansas City Chiefs, threw an interception in that game. But then in Mexico City against the Arizona Cardinals, it was a blowout win. Had some playing time, give Jimmy some rest. And then finally, he had his moment this past Sunday against the Miami Dolphins where he had to relieve Jimmy Garoppolo who suffered an ankle injury out for the remainder of the season. And Purdy comes in and leads the 49ers to a victory against the previously 8-3 and Miami Dolphins where he throws for two touchdowns in that game. Becoming the first Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass In a regular season game. Purdy is now going to be the guaranteed starter for the 49ers. Unless Jimmy Garoppolo were to come back for the postseason. The shelf life of Mr. Irrelevance isn't that long. Some play for three years, four years. Others don't even make an NFL roster. Probably the most successful Mr. Irrelevant in NFL history. Has to be Ryan Suckup. Who plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been playing for 14 years in this league for the Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans, and finally wins a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Purdy, how long is the shelf life for him and his career? How far can you get the 49ers this postseason? Because that would determine a lot of things for the trajectory of his NFL career. Can Brock Purdy find success with the 49ers? If I had to lean towards a yes or a no, the answer is would be yes. Kyle Shanahan and this offensive system, they do a wonderful job, no matter who the quarterback is. Now, they drafted Trey Lance to be that game changer, to finally get them over the hump, because Jimmy Garoppolo was great, and people often overlook that, how amazing Jimmy Garoppolo actually is for the 49ers. He's great, but he's not going to get you over that hump when it comes to postseason play. Trey Lance is a project, has the ability to just Change games himself with his rushing ability, with his arm, the things that he did at North Dakota State. That's why they decided to take a chance on Trey Lance. Now, Brock Purdy comes in. It's kind of more so the Jimmy Garoppolo in that kind of role than he is the Trey Lance and the game changer that they expected Lance to be. But that's what's perfect about the San Francisco system is they build around the quarterback. Hey, you don't have to be the star player They've done it for years with Jimmy Garoppolo having a Super Bowl appearance, NFC Championship appearance just last season. Just build around him. Trade for Christian McCaffrey. Have a good run game. Brandon Ayuk, get him out of the doghouse, let him do his thing. Debo Samuel, use him in creative ways. George Kittle can block and can catch. Build around him and see this team succeed. Brock Purdy is set up perfectly for any quarterback, his rookie season, third string quarterback, to come in and help lead the team win. I cannot think of a better situation for any quarterback right now to come in, start fresh, than Brock Purdy with the 49ers. And I believe that he does get into the postseason. And will he get far? That remains to be seen who they play. Competition in the NFC, it's a little tough with the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe a little bit of the the Minnesota Vikings could be tough as well. But the 49ers are amongst one of the best already in the NFC. And if Purdy just does his job, doesn't turn the ball over, does exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo does, this team can actually get pretty far. We've seen a lot of third string quarterbacks come in, get hot at the right time late in the season, and lead their team to success. Tom Brady, granted, wasn't a third stringer, but he was a backup quarterback that led their team to a Super Bowl. Kurt Warner, third string quarterback, led their team to a Super Bowl. And then others, third stringers, don't really have the same amount of success. T.J. Yates, I don't know if you remember him, back with the Houston Texans in 2013. Third-string quarterback, got into the playoffs, didn't really have much success. Connor Cook, if you remember him, name drop for the uh, back then Oakland Raiders. Third-string quarterback, didn't really have that much success. Which path is Brock Purdy going to take? The path of success or the path of irrelevancy? I'd love to hear your thoughts about Brock Purdy. Do you think he's going to be successful in the NFL? Do you think this is going to work out for the San Francisco 49ers? Do you believe that they kind of missed their shot, maybe with another free agent quarterback, with maybe like Baker Mayfield, who's on waivers? Now, granted, the Rams did claim him off a waiver, so there was no chance for the 49ers to get Mayfield. But do you believe that Purdy is the right choice for the 49ers moving forward? Leave your comments down below. Love to hear your thoughts. I'm excited to see what he does with San Francisco. Moving on to our next topic, the New York Giants. What's going on here? Are their playoff hopes in danger? They started so great, 6-1. And, and a lot of people doubted them. No way that they beat the Tennessee Titans in week one. They did it. No way that they beat the Green Bay Packers in London. It happened. No way that they beat the Baltimore Ravens. Ah, news for you. that It happened. 6-1 to start the season. But then since that 6-1 and one start... One, three, and one in their last five games. What's going on here? Why are the Giants dropping these games, and are their playoff hopes in danger? To really answer that question, if their playoff hopes are in danger, you have to look ahead at their upcoming schedule. They have Philadelphia, Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis, and Philadelphia again. So if we go through each of these games one by one, I'm just going to pick the favorites in each of these games. Against Philadelphia this weekend, you got to give it to the Eagles. Eagles look good. So, okay, so the Giants drop to 7-5-1. and one. Against Washington, Washington was favored against New York in that tie last week. And this week, they're probably going to be favored again if both teams are 7-5-1. and one, Just because the Commanders have an extra week, like the, facing the Giants back-to-back weeks. And they have a bye week in between to extra prepare for the Giants. It's set up beautifully for the Commanders. And we expect them to win. Okay, seven, six, and one. But that could be a toss up. So let's just come back to it. Minnesota is a favorite. We expect them to lose, the Giants against the Vikings. Seven, seven, and one. Against the Indianapolis Colts, finally a little bit of a breather. Let's say that the Giants win this game. Eight, seven, and one. And then the last game against the Eagles, they lose. They could finish eight, eight, and one this season. The seventh seed currently. The Seattle Seahawks are seven and five. Outside looking in, the Washington Commanders are seven, five, and one. And a lot of people would say that the Commanders currently are playing better football than the New York Giants. So it's going to be a tough field to climb for the Giants. And they could easily miss the postseason. Let me tell you why this game against the Eagles is so crucial for the New York Giants. I'm going to show you. Uh, Something on ESPN called a Playoff Predictor. A little bit of a simulating machine that you can pick who wins and who loses each game for the week and how that affects the playoff picture. This is what this playoff machine looks like. So you just pretty much predict who you think is going to win each game and then it affects the projected playoff picture. So for instance, this Cleveland-Cincinnati game. You see the Bengals down here are the fifth seed currently. If we pick the Bengals to win this game, beat the Browns, All of a sudden, it refreshes and the Bengals go up to the third seed without any of the other games being simulated. Now, again, it's dependent on if Miami wins, uh, if Baltimore wins, you know, all that good stuff. But that's exactly how this playoff machine works. So let's play around with it with the Eagles and the Giants. So we predicted the Eagles to win and beat the Giants. Currently, the Giants are the sixth seed. Watch what happens when we click the Eagles. We click the Eagles. They go from the sixth seed down to outside of the playoff picture. Because the sixth seed then becomes Seattle without them even playing their game. And Washington, on a bye week, gets bumped up to the seventh seed. And now the Giants are on the outside looking in and are last in that division. This is why it's so important for the Giants to win just this week alone against Philadelphia. Because if you don't, you're going to be on the outside looking in and it's going to be a tough hill to climb. So pretty much what I'm saying, the toughest competition for the Giants, the Washington Commanders, which for them, they could easily knock the Giants out of the playoffs, but they have a tough hill to climb as well. They've got the Giants, the 49ers, the Browns, and the Cowboys. They could easily be 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, just like the Giants. Now, it's all dependent on that Sunday night football game, Week 15, between the Giants and the Commanders. That could easily determine who goes 9-7-1, and one, and eight, eight and one, and gets that last playoff spot and the NFC wild card race. I want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be the Commanders? Is it going to be the Giants? Do you think the Giants are in trouble? Because honestly, for me, if I had to pick either the Commanders or the Giants to make the postseason, it'd be the Commanders. They're just playing better football. Chase Young at this point, 13 weeks in. Hasn't made his debut this season. They're waiting for him after the bye week. And they're going to unleash him. They want to rush him coming back from an ACL injury. And if Chase Young comes back. Watch out. The Commanders are pretty much a lock. To make the postseason over the New York Giants. Unless things go absolutely south for Washington. Leave your comments down below. I want to hear your thoughts. Going from the New York Giants to a former New York Giants. Odell Beckham Jr., Which team will he eventually play for? What we know as of right now is the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Bills are the biggest uh, contenders to sign OBJ at this point. But after the update that we got from the Cowboys, what's the future looking like for OBJ? Well, let's just dive into all these teams one by one. First with the Cowboys. What's going on with that? Jerry Jones is kind of worried about Odell and his recovery process coming back from an ACL. And rightfully so. Their number two receiver, Michael Gallup, came back from an ACL injury maybe a little bit too quickly. Now, the Cowboys wanted to rush him back, thought that that he was ready, maybe after week two, week three, but Gallup said himself, hey, I just need to take an extra week. Let me rest. I don't feel like I'm ready. Then I'll come back the week after. And it took a few weeks for him to get acclimated, but he finally seems like he's back after that two touchdown game that he had against the Indianapolis Colts. So they're kind of looking at that as as the same situation, where Odell is kind of... Slow in the recovery process. I mean, he just tore his ACL in February, so we expect it to take a little bit of time. He says he's healthy, but the Cowboys are like, eh, we want to wait for a little bit longer. Like, what if it takes a few weeks just like Gallup to get acclimated? By that time, we're in the postseason. Is it really worth putting you in with one or two games left in the season? Which I totally understand what the Cowboys are thinking. In my head, I think that OBJ wants to sign with the Cowboys the most. I mean, I know it's hype from Twitter with all the players like Micah Parsons and everybody like promoting and and converting him and and, and scouting and all that stuff. But, I mean, the Cowboys had two national games, nationally televised games, back-to-back, on Thanksgiving and then Sunday night football, where they really proved, like, hey, we are one of the most, if not the most, dominant team in the NFL. Look at our defense. And if you play in this offense, you're going to be doing great things. We are Super Bowl bound. I think Odell looks at that as like, yeah, this is a new opportunity for me. It's fresh. Uh, this is probably one of the better teams I could sign with. Like, the Cowboys make perfect sense. But the Cowboys seem like they're not interested, which is kind of disappointing for OBJ and his outlook. So that's the story on the Dallas Cowboys. For the New York Giants, the story on this is he's interested because of the reunion aspect of it. He's interested because the Giants started 6-1. and But like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, or just earlier in the show, the Giants... Fell 1-3-1 and one in their last five games. At this point, it's like, okay, maybe the Cowboys are better. Like, there are better options out there than to sign with the New York Giants. The benefits of it is, you're the number one receiver. You're going to be heavily targeted. But this is a run-first team. Daniel Jones, he isn't really relied on to be this game-changing player. So, is it really going to work out for OBJ? Looking ahead at the schedule, like, are they even going to make the postseason? So that's why I think the Giants, more than likely, it's probably out on them. They're probably uh, not going to sign OBJ. They want to, but Odell has the final say, and he probably doesn't want to be a New York Giant. Then you have the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they look amazing. Nine win team uh, on the path of being an AFC contender and could be making Super Bowl 57. Will Odell sign with the Bills? I think this is going to be the most realistic opportunity. For Odell to sign with the Bills. I think he wants the Cowboys the most, but it's gonna be the Bills that he eventually lands with. Since the Cowboys don't really want him and he wants to be there, the Bills could be like, hey, you would be a great compliment to Stephon Diggs. You know, Josh Allen is an up up and coming young QB. You know the arm that he has, the defense is great, even though we lost Von Miller for the season. We believe in you, Odell. We want you to be our number two receiver. Can you imagine Stephon Diggs, Odell Beckham, and Gabriel Davis all on the same team? If there's any other team that you guys feel like could sign Odell that we're not really talking about, leave a comment down below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. i love to see what you guys are thinking. I honestly believe it's going to be the Buffalo Bills, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. And to wrap up the show, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about week 14, talking about the picks and going through game by game and telling you guys who I think is going to win each game. Uh, Starting off with Thursday night football between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams West Coast battle uh, between AFC West and NFC West team. I've got the Raiders winning and I think the Raiders are going to win by a touchdown at least at least by seven. Uh, Josh Jacobs is looking amazing leading the NFL when rushing yards like he is just proving that he deserved that contract by the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the Raiders are absolutely killing him dude. Like there's so many plays where Jacobs is just like tired and getting up. It's like, oh, just give me a second. Like after he gets tackled, he's just laying down on the ground. He's like, just give me a second. Just give me a second. Let me rest up. Let me get. Let me just catch my breath. They're running him 25, 30, 35 times a game because they know like he, he's not going to be around next year, right? So that's going to be the key to success for the Raiders. They're going to continue to run, and the Rams just haven't been looking good. We don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to be starting just yet. Uh, we're going to be finding that out. Uh, probably around game time. My, you know, thinking behind that is, nah, it's probably not. Like, taking that much time to learn a playbook, like, what was it, two days? Nah. Nah, I don't think it's going to happen. The New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills, uh, the last time they faced, hey, how about the Jets? Really showing out and proving that they deserve to be talked about as being an AFC, uh, dark horse contender. Against the Bills, uh, I think it's going to be close, just like last time. But I got the Bills eventually picking this up. I do do think that, uh, you know, it's not going to be a sweep by any means by the Jets. I think the Bills eventually do win. It's going to be Bills by three is my guess. Uh, Cleveland Browns versus Cincinnati Bengals. Deshaun Watson, man, that show did not look good. But we kind of expected this. I mean, if you watch preseason football, a lot of that can be attributed to Anthony Schwartz. Dropping a couple of passes, otherwise the stat line would would have looked better. But against the Jacksonville Jaguars in preseason, Deshaun Watson really didn't do much. So expect him to not really do much again. Because against the Houston Texans, didn't really do much. Against the Bengals, this could be another tough matchup. Didn't really do much. The Bengals have actually been looking a little bit better in pass coverage as of late. So this could also be a run-heavy team for the Cleveland Browns, uh, or run-heavy game. I got the Bengals winning by seven. Uh, His former team, the Houston Texans, they faced the Dallas Cowboys in the Battle of Texas. Uh, The Cowboys, uh, not really much to say here. Uh, The Texans are uh, reverting back to Davis Mills at quarterback. Uh, We don't know if Brandon Cooks is going to be back just yet. Nico Collins uh, has been looking good as the number one receiver, the leading receiver for the Houston Texans. But I got the Cowboys winning by 17. The Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions. Now, the first time that these two teams faced earlier this season, it was a little bit closer than a lot of people expected, but a lot of people didn't realize that the Lions were actually kind of decent at playing football. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. I expect the Vikings to eventually pick up the victory. They win by four is my estimate, but uh, the Lions, I do believe, is going to make it a very competitive game DeAndre Swift is finally back. He's healthy. Uh, they're going to be giving him the uh, the ball at least 20 times this game. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. We talked about this being a must win for the Giants. Otherwise, they're going to be outside looking in. And every game moving forward, they're going to have to feel like, hey, I got to win every single game. Otherwise, I'm not going to be making the postseason. But the Eagles, even though they're on the road, I'm going to be going with them. I have them to win by 10. The Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually got the Steelers winning this one. Tyler Huntley is coming in in relief of Lamar Jackson, who's still uh, dealing with an MCL sprain. Was it an MCL or just a knee sprain? I'm not entirely sure what they said, but uh, it's week to week at this point. So one to three weeks is the uh, estimate for Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley, good quarterback, great fill-in. But the Steelers defense has been looking better, and I think the Ravens offense just has not been looking the same. As of late. So I got the Steelers winning this one. Steelers by two. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Tennessee Titans. The Jaguars need a rebound after that 40-14 loss against the Lions. They were embarrassed. The Titans, however, they need a rebound after that loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. They were embarrassed. Uh, AFC South battle. The Titans kind of have this division on lock. I think if they win and the Colts lose, then the Titans would lock it up. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that is the scenario. Uh, but I got the Titans winning by five. Kansas City versus the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs, I watched a lot of interviews with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and they were like, hey, we're not taking the Broncos for granted. Like, they still have a very good defense. We're going to bring our A game. Uh, and, and, you know, the defense has been looking great. And if the Broncos, I think I, this crazy stat that I read, if the Broncos put up 18 points at least in every game this season, they would be 9 they would be 10-1 and one this season. So the defense is doing its job. It's just the offense. You can't really keep up with the Chiefs' offense, even though, you know, last week they didn't really look the best, but it's the Chiefs. They're going to look great. So I got the Chiefs winning by 10. Uh, the Carolina Panthers versus the Seattle Seahawks. Now, don't be surprised if this is a little bit closer than many people expect. People expect this to be a blowout. But I believe that Sam Darnold now being the quarterback, Deontay Foreman being a formidable running back, can lead the run game. This Panthers offense is actually gone from being one of the worst with Baker Mayfield to being actually not too bad. The Seahawks defense has given up a lot of yards. I still got the Seahawks winning, uh, Seahawks by eight, but uh, don't be... Surprised if, if this is kind of close. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I would say this is one of the games of the week. Uh, we want to see what he's capable of. Brock Purdy. Uh, I, I got the Bucs actually winning this game by three just because, of the, you know, the rookie quarterback can't really trust him in his first NFL start. Uh, and the Bucs coming back, showing some grit and that comeback victory against the Saints. Uh, like I said, the 49ers are set up for success. But the Bucs, they're, they're better than the record shows so I got the bucks winning by 3. Sunday night football the Miami Dolphins versus the Los Angeles Chargers this was flexed into the Sunday night football spot. I got the Dolphins winning by 4 in this game. I don't see the Dolphins losing back-to-back games. I think this was the first okay, well, second official start this season that Tua took a lost, but uh, first game that he played entirely Tua that he lost uh, against the 49ers. So Uh, don't expect back-to-back outcomes like that. Uh, I I got the Dolphins winning by four. And then finally, Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I've got the Patriots actually winning this one. I got the Patriots winning by one. I think the last time these two teams faced, it was a defensive-heavy game. Uh, Kyler Murray really didn't do much, and he has struggled this year against some pretty tough defenses, so uh, we expect the same. And the Patriots narrowly getting by. Uh, Patriots winning this game by one. But that's going to do it for this episode of Time 2 Football. Again, hit me up on Twitter at It's Asan Khan. I love chatting with you guys. Uh, chat with me during the Thursday night football game. Uh, let's try to kill some time. You know, have some fun while Kirk Herbstreit is talking about college football. Hey, Kirk, don't talk about college football for one quarter. Can you do that for me? Just one quarter. Let's make it a challenge, okay? If you guys notice him talking about college football in every single quarter, call him out on it, okay? If he goes one quarter... Without talking about college football, I'll be surprised. I'll delete this channel if he goes one quarter. And you know me. I don't care about deleting channels. I'll delete this one if he goes one quarter without talking about college football. Without mentioning where a player went to school. That's a bet. We're doing it. I'm actually very, very confident that he's that I'm actually going to win. Um, yeah, subscribe to his channel as well. So you can stay up to date when we are out with these pregame shows. Every Thursday night with all that said thank you guys so much for watching this episode and I'll see you next week take care